Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. I'd like to go over some basic principles that I think we can all get some help with for Christian living. And this isn't a do or don't list, or do or do or do not do list. This is more than that. It, these are principles from the Bible that you get a hold of, and you will be able to have your life governed by them if you get a hold of the principles. So we're going to get three pr- places in our Bible to start. I'd like to get First Timothy 6, if you can get that. First Timothy chapter number 6. 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Timothy 6. 1 Peter chapter number 5. And 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Let's get all three spots and we can tie these thoughts together. without any delay. So 1 Timothy chapter number 6, 1 Peter chapter number 5, and 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. All right, let's do 1 Timothy chapter number 6 first. The Bible says in verse number 17, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, and here's what I'd like us to get a hold of tonight, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. God wants us to enjoy life. He's given us his creation so we can enjoy it. So, You know, we're going to go through the Bible, and it's really easy to just be against everything. But we got to be careful. That doesn't make us bitter and sheltered and not be able to have fun like God wants us to have fun. He wants us to have fun in a biblical, scriptural, holy way. So he has given us his creation, especially to be able to enjoy that. He giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now look at 1 Peter chapter number 5. We're going to look at all these verses together because it really is going to come together nicely. 1 Peter 5, look at verse number 8. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeketh whom he may devour. So when you're enjoying all of the things that God has given you, you have to be sober and be vigilant, and you have to know that there is the devil seeking you. That makes sense? You don't do one without the other. You need to make sure you are a vigilant soldier of the cross, a sober soldier of the cross. And that doesn't just mean alcohol. That means Your mind needs to be sober. You can't fill your mind with junk or you won't have sobriety of the mind. Okay. 
Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Why do we need to be sober and vigilant? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12 says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. All three of those verses put together, I'd like to say by way of introduction, enjoy the things that God has richly given us. However, as you're enjoying those things, be sober and be vigilant because the devil is your adversary. And you need to be sober and vigilant because if you're not careful, you can be brought under a power that isn't of God. Does that make sense? We don't look at the world and retreat and be afraid. We just know that we need to be sober. We need to be vigilant. We know that there's a power out there that we can be brought under, that we don't want to be brought under, and then go in and join what God has given us. Okay? Those are really good principles to live by. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Let's stay there and let's look at verse number 18. 1 Corinthians 6 verse number 18. The Bible says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Fornication is any type of sexual relations before you're married. And God says, flee from that. So you have to ask yourself, by way of Christian living, by way of holy living, does what I'm watching, does what I'm listening to, does what I am involved in, does what is being promoted to me, does it involve fornication? If it does, you throw it out. A movie, a video, a YouTube clip, a song a picture, any of it that depicts that, God says to flee that. And that's a principle, young people, that you need to get a hold of and live by. Anybody know what flee means? Run real fast. Get away from it as quick as you can. First Corinthians 5 it says, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication and is not so much as named among the Gentiles. Why are we told to not be involved in 1 Corinthians 6? Because in chapter number 5, they need some cleaning up. They're involved in stuff not even the Gentiles were involved in. Christians ought not to be involved in stuff the world's involved with told to flee from that the bible says in chapter number seven in first corinthians look at verse number two uh, look at verse number one now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me it is good for a man not to touch a woman nevertheless to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Now, God lays out the ideal. No touchy. 
no feely, no smooching, no hugging, no, no handholding until you have your own wife or until you have your own husband. That's God's standard. That's God's ideal. That's what God wants. That's his will for your life. That's the best plan. Do people mess up? They do. But that's not an excuse for you to mess up. <laughs> if somebody messes up, their life serves as an example for you not to do what they did. Does it make sense? God don't want you getting involved in that kind of stuff. Once you're married, then you do all the smooching and hugging and kissing and hand-holding and, and all that. We have a wood stove where we make a fire in the wood stove. And the fire roars. Going, it's going and going. I it's never really looked at fire like that before until, until I have a wood stove. You open it up, you can hear it roaring. Beautiful, beautiful fire but it's in the wood stove. If I just set the fire on the kitchen table, I'd burn the whole house down. Is fire good or bad? Well, it depends what you do with it. God created sex. Is it good or bad? Well, it depends what you do with it. Do it God's way. It's beautiful. It's great. You do it your, if you do it your way or the world's way, you're just going to burn the whole thing down. Uh, you don't have to turn there. Galatians 5. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication. It's just a work of the flesh. That's all it is. Ephesians 5 verse 3 says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. If you're saved, if you've trusted Christ, you are a saint. Don't let any of that kind of stuff be even named among you. You shouldn't be involved in it at all. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that means to be set apart, that you should abstain from fornication. Abstain from it. Young people, you remember these verses, because as you grow older, they're going to hopefully, by way of remembrance, come to your, come to your mind when you're, when you're tempted or somebody's trying to get you to do or look at or listen to something that you ought not to that is involving that type of activity. Look, God made you. You're special in his eyes. He's got a great, wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> Don't mess it up. Now, he can fix you. He can patch you up. There's forgiveness. You can move on with your life. But don't use that as an excuse. Just go ahead and make a mess of something. It's much better to not have to be patched up. It's much better. So flee fornication. First Corinthians chapter number 10. Let's look at an, uh, another principle to live by. First Corinthians chapter number 10. Look at verse number 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord. And the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Here's a question you need to ask yourself. Anything that you watch, listen to, or get involved with, is it of the devil? Because you can't you can't live your life walking like this. One world in the kingdom, 
one world in the devil, one world in the kingdom, one world. A lot of people walk like that. They're at the table of the Lord on Sunday. They're at the table of the devil on Monday. And you, you look, you got to pick one, pick one, pick a team, pick a side. You got all this stuff coming out. All these young people are involved with more now than I ever remember being involved with as a kid. And I don't know if it was because I was sheltered or if I wasn't interested or if it wasn't as prevalent. But you've got Spider-Man. They, you know, they'll, they'll pray to be delivered from evil on the Spider-Man movies and all that kind of stuff. Except God can't ever deliver them from evil. You know who has to deliver them from evil? The Spider-Man. He comes in and delivers. God can't deliver anymore. So we need a superhero that has his underwear, his outerwear. And he's going to come on the scene and he's going to fly through the air. And he's going to save the town. Why? Because they don't believe Jesus Christ can deliver them from evil. So they need a made up superhero to worship. God is always portrayed as ineffective. Don't rely on the Lord. You've got Spidey. Don't rely on the Lord. You've got the Batman. You've got the Robin. You've got the, 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 whoever the guy is with the shield. Whoever is the guy that dresses in green. Don't rely on God. These movies, Jesus is blasphemed and he is mocked as the master to serve. And they will give you another master to serve. I'm telling you, it's of the devil. Jesus is blasphemed. Not once, not twice. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. In a Batman movie. And he's portrayed, you know how? As the light bearer. You know who the light bearer is? Lucifer. It's of the devil. And if you want a principle to live by, 1 Corinthians 10, 21 says, what table are you going to sit at? You're going to sit at the Lord's table and you're going to be fed some good media, some good music. So you can have some good manners or you're going to be fed at the devil's table. You got to ask yourself that question. Is it of the devil? First Corinthians 10, look at verse number 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Let me ask you a question. Is what you're doing now to the glory of God? Is what you're going to be doing tomorrow to the glory of God? Is what you're going to be doing at school to the glory of God. Is what you're going to be doing with your friends to the glory of God. In your home to the glory of God. Out in the community to the glory of God. Everything you do. If it can't glorify God. Don't do it. Don't be involved. In it. Look at verse number 32. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. There are the three distinctions of three groups of people made 
And then verse 33, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. So is what you are doing helping or hurting the promotion of the gospel? Will it, will it profit many that they may be saved? Kelly touched on this briefly this morning. How are you going to expect someone that looks at your life and you're not living right? How are you going to expect that person to honestly give you a hearing when you want to tell them about Jesus? Look, living a good life, it's not going to save your friend. But if you're living a dirty life and you want to tell him about Jesus, he's going to say to you, you kidding me, buddy? You live like the devil, too. <laughs> he's not going to give you a hearing. He's going to say, you're doing the same thing I'm doing. And it's not going to promote the gospel. Live right. Principles to live by. Ask yourself, does it, involve, does it involve fornication? Does it involve, is it of the devil? Can you give glory to God? And does it help or hurt the promotion of the gospel? First John chapter 2. First John chapter number two, <clears throat> verse number 15, love not the world. Well, that verse can be used for about everything. <laughs> you know, after you're, after you're done saying, well, I'm not going to support this company because, you know, they've got, they've got, you know, this logo means that and this. And, and so you go down the road and you support this company and you say, well, I'm not supporting the other one because they've got this. And then you find out that company's got some. So you decide, you know what? I'm not going to support any of them. I'm going to go down and find a Christian one. And then you pay for it. And you find out your Federal Reserve note has the, you know, the all seeing eye on it. And how did you find that out? Well, you went on Facebook, which, you know, it's the World Wide Web that you're called into. And look, you can't get away from it. As soon as you say I'm against this, you just find out you're going to have to be against everything because the world can't offer you anything good. So what do we do? We don't love it. We know that we have to live in this world, but we don't have to fear death. We have the victory in Jesus Christ. We don't need the vices of the world because we ain't depressed. We've got joy. We've got patience. We've got all the fruits of the spirit that Kelly was talking about in Sunday school lesson this morning. We got all that. We don't have any need for those worldly vices. Praise the Lord for it. So you need to ask yourself, is it of the world? And Neither the things that are in the world, it says in verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not 
in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You know how things are sold today? Through lust. It appeals to your flesh. It appeals to your eyes. And it builds up your pride. Man, I'm a big man. I'm a big lady. I'm big time. And that's how people feel. Their flesh gets pumped up. Because to see something appeals to their flesh. And pride just pumps you up. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the big guy or I'm the big gal on campus. Pride. It's an awful, awful thing. It's what caused this world to plummet into sin. Pride, it could be said, is the root sin of all sin. We want, we desire. So you need to ask yourself, is it of the world? The other question you need to ask yourself, we'll keep reading. Uh, As the world passeth away, it's going. And the lust thereof, all the things that you lusted after that you had to have, it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Do something worthy of eternal, of, of, of eternal value. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now, as there are many Antichrists. If it's not, young people, let me help you out. If it's not for God, it's anti-God. And if you got to figure out whether or not to flip something off or keep a scroll in or you're going to need some help. You're going to need someone to step in and restrain you because you can't restrain you because you're full of lust. You got to have it. And you have got to be able to recognize the spirit of Antichrist. This church is not a church that's going to look. We can't do it for you. We can teach you the Bible and teach you the principles. This is a church that's going to arm you and prepare you with scripture truth. So that you can fight the battle. You can get into the fight. You can lay claim to the promises that God has given you. And stay away from loving the world. And stay away away from all of the anti-Christ and anti-God things. That are so soaking where we live, this world. Okay, where are we? Verse 19. They went out from us, but they that were not of us. For if they have been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. That's all that comic stuff. They deny Jesus is the Christ. 
He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Have you acknowledged Jesus Christ as the Son of God? Then stay away from lies. Stay with the truth. Stay with the truth. Let's flip our Bible and go to the fifth chapter. The last verse of 1 John, chapter 5, verse number 21. Real simple. Little children, keep yourself from idols. It's just a blessing because you don't grow up in a church where they take you around and you kneel down and bow and pray to little dolly statues. And you think that's funny because you've not experienced it. But there are millions of children that are brought up praying to statues of stone. The elements of the earth, the creation, not worshiping the creator. And they're flipping beads and praying to a mediatrix. And God says, stay away from idols. But you've got it in the world. That's why it's a sports hero. That's why it's a guru. They want you to worship them. How do you get knowledge? How do you get truth? You sit at the feet of your guru. (laughs) But what about Jesus Christ? Well, just forget about him for now. Go ahead and sit down. Let me help you. I'll be your I'll be your personal development coach. How about, no, you won't. (laughs) Millions of people tune in to watch sports heroes. They will miss church and, and, and they will fill and pack stadiums and they will sit in that stadium for hours upon hours upon hours, three hours. Now watch a game, somebody throwing a ball. And they'll know everything about that sports hero. They'll know what college he went to. They'll know what his stats are. They'll know how much he got paid. They'll know who he got traded from. They've got his card. They like him on Facebook. They know everything about him. Can you quote John 3, 16? What's that? Who's John? Is he 16? Huh? People have no clue. Because they have given themselves over to idolatry. Are you against sports? Yeah, I am. If it causes you to be idolatrous, I'm against it. Okay. Now, if you can have fun with it and it doesn't cause you to become an idol in your life, then great. Go ahead and do it. I just don't understand why you can't just grab a couple of kids and just have fun throwing the football around. And I don't know why it has to be every day of the week for an hour or two and you have to win everything and you got, I understand competition is good, but what I'm saying is if it takes over your life and it causes you to not worship Jesus, then guess what you got? An idol. We have to all be careful of pointing to a a, a religious organization 
we got to really take a look at our own lives and say, what idols do we have? What idols do we have? Isn't preaching fun when you get to point at other people? Oh, they got an idol, this and that. We need to look at our own lives and say, Lord, is there anything in my life that's an idol? What have I put first place? What have I replaced you with, Lord? You know, these fellows that spending all this time in their in their man cave and now you got women spending all their time in their she shed and you got you know people they're all just packed away just worshiping their toys that guy loves his chop saw more than he loves god that lady loves her gardening tools more than she loves god is any of that stuff sinful of course it's not do it but if it comes first place then you got a problem. That's why these are principles to live by. Everybody might have a different idol. You got to figure that out by going to God and figuring it out. Is it idolatrous? You got this satanic new age cult that is portraying itself as a Christian church. This whole Hillsong thing, this Hillsong church, this Hillsong music, it's a satanic cult. And it is not a God. It's idolatrous. They go hand in hand with the word of faith, name it and claim it, claim it. You just repeat these words, keep saying the words, and, and, and you'll you'll speak it into existence. All of it is is idolatrous. And they teach people to worship themselves. They use words to manipulate the faith force. That's why you see them when they do all this stuff. It's the same thing. You know, they repeat over and over and over. And they're just going to try to speak it into existence. And God says, you can do that all you want. It's nothing. They're trying to get you to speak into your health and your wealth. Come on, keep naming it. Come on, keep claiming it. Come on, keep saying it. Keep saying it. You'll get healthy. You'll get wealthy. That's what that gospel is. It's a false prosperity gospel and it's idolatrous it teaches people to worship themselves i can do it i can speak it i can all of it is new age personal development psychobabble you need god pray to him Call out to him. He's real. He's real. He can he can help you. Okay, Psalm 101. That last principle was, I know it was a long way to say, is it idolatrous? Is it idolatrous? Psalm 101. I had all these baseball cards when I was a kid. I had a I had a Mickey Mantle card. <laughs> you can believe that? Had a Mickey Mantle card. Oh, he knows who he is. A good ball player. I think it was worth some money. I sold it, got some money for it. I don't know if they trade baseball cards or not. I would collect the whole series. I'd go out, you go out to the store, and you know, for a dollar and a half, you can get a pack of baseball cards and 
you know, you needed this many to fill the box. You know, they made these boxes where the cards would fit in. You have numbered one, two, three, four, and you put them all in there. Like, you know, kids around the neighborhood, we'd all trade them. You know, you got, you got that player. I don't have that player. Hey, I, nobody does cards anymore. I just thought that be, it came to my mind as I was thinking about idols. <laughs> Psalm 101, verse 3, here's a good question to ask yourself. Does it cause you to look at wicked things? Psalm 101, 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. That's a tough verse. Because you can look away from something that's wicked but not hate it. You can look away because you know your parents want you to look away. You can look away because you know someone's looking at you, looking at it. You don't want to be called guilty. But as you look away, you can still love what you've been looking at. It's a tough verse. Do you hate it? A lot of people view sin like this. Well, I'm, I'm uh, okay. I know I'm a, I know I'm supposed to be a Christian. <laughs> and I know sin's supposed to be wrong. But we kind of have this idea, well, as long as we don't get caught and as long as my parents don't know about it, kind of all right. Except God knows about it. So we have to develop this attitude about sin that says, you know what? I hate the things that God hates and love the things that God loves. That's really what this comes down to. What? Do you love? You love God? You would keep his commandments. You love sin? Then you will set your eyes on wicked things. So ask yourself, is it wicked? If it is, don't be looking at it. Now, you young people, I'm going to give you some practical advice. Turn over to Romans chapter 6. One of the most stupidest things that parents have ever done is to put a computer with internet access in their children's rooms. And it's unfiltered. It's unmonitored. Trouble will find you. It will find you. But that's not the stupidest thing. The stupidest thing is they give them a phone with unfiltered and unlimited internet access. I'm telling you, trouble will find you. I'm, I'm looking at Bible verses. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you were looking at Bible verses, you wouldn't be hiding. Okay? <laughs> you wouldn't be off in the corner all by yourself. And then when the adults come around, you're like, <laughs> Stop. And you young people, you need to pay attention. You start casting your eyes on wicked things, you're going to get addicted to it. And you're going to get, it's going to get harder and harder to not want to look at that again or hear that again or see that again. Be real, real careful. You see a kid out at the park or you see you playing with a bunch of friends and they got to, you better be real careful about just looking at whatever they want you to look at. You better be real careful. Love the things that God loves and and hate the things that God hates. Romans chapter 6, verse number 18. The Bible says, Being then made free from sin, 
you became the servants of righteousness. You've trusted Christ. You're free to serve him in righteousness. I speak after the matter of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. The question is, you ask yourself before you do it, does it cause me to serve sin or does it cause me to serve righteousness? It's a simple question to ask right out of Romans 6. Get Romans 14. Romans 14. Principles to live by. Look at this. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. But judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there's nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy of the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Now look at the last verse I'll read right now. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. Talked about that in the Sunday school hour. And things wherewith one may edify another. Now I know in the context of chapter 14, you see it in verse 1, this is talking about the weaker brother or the weaker sister. The question you have to ask is, is what I'm doing, would it cause someone else to stumble? Then don't do it. Is there anything wrong with eating meat? No. But if you get somebody that just got saved and they came out of reincarnation and they thought that if you were eating meat, you might be eating grandpa. Because he died, he was reincarnated and came back as an ox. And now you just killed him. <laughs> and they were brought up in that religion. And that's all they were taught their whole life is that you die. And if you lived a good life, you'll come back as a nice, strong ox. But if you died and you lived a bad life, you come back as a fly. And then you'd have to do it all over again as a fly. Hopefully you were a good fly. You can come back. as. A and this cycle of life is just reincarnation. You can see if somebody got saved out of that religion and now they're hanging out with you and they've never eaten meat. You know what? I'll just have pasta for lunch. Why? Just to help that weaker brother or sister not stumble. I don't want to give them a hard time. I know it's nothing. You know it's nothing. But ask yourself before you do something. Is it going to cause somebody else to stumble? Now, if they ask me to bow down and worship an ox, that's we draw the line there. We're not doing that. You, know, you, you hear what I'm saying? Ephesians chapter five. We only got about 20 more to go, kids. So you'll be just fine. <laughs> Ephesians five. We're winding down. We have started our initial descent. Ephesians chapter five, verse number 15. 
See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Parents have many a time said to their children, what you're doing is foolish. That's a foolish thing to do. Stop acting like a fool. Walk as a wise man. Is what you're doing foolish or is what you're doing wise? And then it says in verse 16, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. When I ask you a question, young people, is what you're doing wise use of your time? Or are you just scrolling? You got you're the strongest thumbs in the West. Because you're just a scrolling. You're just wasting life. Redeem the time. What are you doing for God? What are you doing to improve your character? What are you doing to plan for the future? Is what you're doing a wise use of time? Colossians 2. Three more and we're done. Colossians chapter number two, look at verse number eight. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Is what you're doing, what is it promoting? Is it promoting Christ or is it vain? You got this, you got Andy Stanley, you know, he just played. They had they had in his church before the church service, so-called church, North Point Community Church. It ain't going north. It's that thing's going south, like as fast as it can go south. They're playing Led Zeppelin. They're having a rock concert playing this Stairway to Heaven song in church from a satanic occult group that's all about Mystery Babylon and the false religion. In church, and then he's going to open a Bible and smile and try to feed people the word of God. It's a disaster. An absolute mockery of Christianity and God. We will never be doing that here. Okay? Never. It's vain philosophy. It's after the rudiments of the world. None of that is after Christ. I don't care if they call it church or not. It ain't church. It ain't church. Bakers. Philippians 4. Philippians chapter number 4. And it says in verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if these, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Here's a principle to live by. What does it cause you to think on? Are your thoughts pure? Is the music pure? Is the stuff you're watching pure? What does it cause you to think? Last verse and we're done. Second Corinthians. We'll go back to Corinthians, but we'll be in the second book. And the 10th chapter. This will be the last verse for tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 5. The Bible says, well, first in verse 4 it says, well, no, in verse 3 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. 
to the pulling down of strongholds. You are not going to win it through physical might. You're going to win it through God's might. Casting down imaginations. How? Mighty through God. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. How am I going to do that? You're mighty through God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How am I going to do that? You're not going to do it in the flesh because it's not a carnal battle that you can win. You've got to be able to rely on God. And if you've trusted him as your savior, you have the indwelt Holy Spirit that you can tap into. If you've not trusted him as your savior, the best you got is your physical might. The best you got is your physical health. The best you got is what you can muster up in personal willpower and self-discipline. And it's going to run short. You're going to be running on empty after a while. You've got to tap in to the power of God. And you can only get that power by trusting in what he did for you and in nothing else and in nobody else. And remember, if you are saved and you trusted Christ. What are you thinking? Then? Is it an obedience to Christ? Tomorrow morning when you wake up and you're thinking something, ask yourself, is it an obedience to Christ? If we would all do that this week, we'd probably come in next Sunday pretty, pretty depressed on one hand and pretty high on another. Because a thought life be cleaned up, but we realize, oh, wait a minute, I really wasn't bringing every thought like I should have been. Try it. Try it this week. Remember this, Christians. Only what's done for Christ will last. Everything else, nothing. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.